As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Allocation Disorder. I am Sam Stasekul, joined, as always, by Paul Tenorio. We are coming to you, oh, roughly 36 hours before the start of the 2022 Major League Soccer season. Of course, CONCACAF Champions League has been underway already, so we've seen some MLS teams in action, but the full the full deal, MLS proper, gets underway on Saturday, so we're going to be breaking it down in depth. We gave you a preview show last year. I think we went through our predictions at the end of the season, Paul, and just how terribly wrong we were. It was remarkable. I yeah, think I've got to, I've got to save this document in like an yeah. easily searchable way. Yeah. Um, so you know, hopefully we do a little bit better. I think I picked LAFC and Columbus to make MLS Cup, and I think I picked Columbus to win the Supporter Shield. Neither team made the playoffs, so that that about sums up how it went. I think Wancho Abila. I, I went back. I looked at these. He was my newcomer of the year selection. <laughs> he got waived in like July. <laughs> I appreciate so, the Juan Chope love, though. I like I always said with Juan Chope, I'd be like, any Juan Chope love, whether it's Paolo Juan Chope or someone named for Paolo Juan Chope, I'm okay with. Yes, yes, indeed. So hopefully our picks this year go a little bit better. It would be almost impossible to do worse. So, you know, I, it's a low bar that we set ourselves here on Allocation Disorder. If you're listening to the show and you've listened to previous episodes, you already knew that, though. Paul, I, before we get into our picks, I do want to take a moment to sort of reflect. You know, I've, I've lit a candle here in my office this evening. Uh, Bath and Body Works, the aromas, you know, they're, they're, they're inflate. Is it inflated. to cover the aroma of our picks? Because my newcomer of the year was Pato, and wow. I think he played like 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, well, no, those picks, the aroma, it, it's dried by now, so it doesn't smell okay. like anything. Well, I'm, you know, you know, familiar with this with dog dogs. Any, this show is off to a wild start. Um, anyway, I lit a candle. It smells good. But I do want to take a step back and sort of review big picture what we think 2022 is about for Major League Soccer. Because these last few, this off season, and really the last six to 12 months, I would say, I think we're pretty huge for MLS in a number of different ways. Um, you know, we've talked about it on the show, the evolving, the growing place in the global transfer market that the league has carved out for itself, both as a buyer and a seller. 
I think I would say, um, in recent months. Uh, but also you have some new owners coming into play in Salt Lake and Houston um, and Orlando that are that are kind of already doing some big things. You have some newer owners um, who have been on the scene for a couple of years continuing to push, Joe Mansueto being a really good example of that. Um, you know, it feels like, I don't know, maybe if we look back and MLS has finally made it and become a league of choice, it feels like we might look back at this winter, this these last 6 to 12 months and kind of be like, okay, that's where things really started to change. Having said that, there is something big on the horizon this year, Paul. And maybe we can talk about that for a quick second. Yeah, well, I think, you know, what's interesting is, and one thing I hadn't really thought about in terms of kind of the growth, the, the acceleration of growth in MLS, is we've talked about spending more, and, and we kind of backed away from that and said maybe just spending better, more efficiently would work. And I think what's interesting and what maybe will be put to the test this year is what do things look like just when more teams are spending, right? Will the league get better because FC Dallas is now buying guys like Alan Velasco and Orlando City is buying guys like Facundo Torres? You know, those teams weren't doing that before at that yeah. level. And so you'd hope or expect that that would make the league better because they're just more good teams. And, and that'll, you know, I think that maybe is what another element that has been missing. There was kind of a group of teams that were trying with spending. There were a couple teams that were trying with kind of analytics and efficiency within the league system. And now we have, I think, more teams in general that we can say are, are trying. Going for it. Yeah, yeah, are trying like really trying, not like pretend trying, you know? Yeah. And um, and that, that'll be interesting. Sam, I, I before we keep going, I just have to note that like I almost didn't recognize you. Sam, you 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 chopped off your flow. I did. The pandemic is over now because I cut my hair. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, yeah, I did. You know, this is a good discussion for an audio medium. Um yeah. So I'm glad. Don't worry, we're I'll post. It. I'll post this clip to Twitter with video. Yeah, so make yeah. It good. So, so yeah, I hadn't had a proper haircut in like two years. I buzzed my head in the summer of 2020 and just kind of let it go. I remember there. that. I remember um, that. It was like I've a serial a lot... killer on like a, a happy yeah. hour with with the soccer team. Yeah. Well, you know, it turned out that that the hair was a little thinner up top than I thought it was going to be, <laughs> and so I, I became very afraid of cutting it again. But I took the plunge. So yeah, here we are. I feel 100 pounds lighter, Paul. Um, I am sad though, because I, I did get some comments on it from some notable coaches on, on different zoom interviews. Multiple they don't need to be named comments by coaches. But, one who um, liked it, one who did not like the long hair. Yeah, that's true. Well, that guy doesn't have a job, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, but I think, you know, for me, Paul, and I, I wrote this in a piece that will be out on the athletic on Friday, but you know, I'm of the general opinion that MLS will eventually become bigger and better and will carve out more of a place in the North American sports scene and the global landscape and over the long term, kind of the demographics say that this league is going to be a pretty big thing. And the big question is how fast is it going to get there and how high is it going to rise, right? And so for me, 2022 is going to be determinative in, in a big way for that in the short term because the new TV deal is coming up and will likely be signed here maybe within a month, according to what Don Garber is saying. Um, and how much money they get in that TV deal 
will go a long way towards figuring out exactly how aggressive they're going to be before the 2026 World Cup. And MLS has grown a ton over the last five years, right? The spending's gone way up, more teams, more stadiums. Um, you know, standard of play, I think, has gotten better, it's fair to say. Um, and so can MLS continue that growth or accelerate that growth over the next five years? I'm not sure. I think it'll be hard. Expansion's going to stop, for one thing, <laughs> presumably, anyway. Um, and I don't think that this TV deal is going to be quite as big as it needs to be in order to really build on that growth. But I think it's still a pretty solid foundation that the league is in now. Um, but no one watches this thing on TV, as we know. <laughs> like, no one watches. So that's well, not great. And I think I think it'll kind of take some time still. I think it's a good thing that the deal... We both think, and people we've talked to think, that the deal is going to be well below what the league hoped. Now, we don't know that that's what's going to happen. Well, to be fair, it's only been reported what the league has hoped, right? I don't think you or I, and, and it's been reported that it's $300 million. But they haven't come out and said anything like that on the record. Right. And and I just think that if it lands well below that mark. When you say well below, how well Like, are let's we say it lands around how 200 million. How deep is million, this well? 200 million a year. I think it'll so be more than that. Let's say it's but... 200 million a year. And I, I I think it doesn't matter what the number is. I think falling short of expectations in a what we would deem a significant way. So 50, 75 million, a, you know, less than what they were hoping a year. I've, I've said this to you before. I think it is the answer to the chicken or the egg. I think right now we are seeing that. We'll finally know. We'll finally know what will happen first, right? The owners and MLS have kind of always said if we have more revenue coming in from TV, then we can put more into the product and we will grow that way together. I think it's very clear now that until you put a better product on the field, that can, and in my opinion, I think this is where we've swayed in the argument of parity versus global relevance. You have to start to convince people that they're watching one of the better leagues in the world. And when you can't even beat Liga Mekis in competition, you, you are too far from that. So I think I think we know now that people are saying to MLS and have been saying consistently across its existence, you're not worth watching yet. And certainly in today's market where you can watch the Premier League, you can watch the English Championship, you can watch Bundesliga, you can watch La Liga, you can watch Serie A, you can watch Champions League. You can watch Europa League. You can watch the Austrian Bundesliga. I mean, our Liga MX is the most popular league in, in this country. You have to recognize that the competition isn't just about what your diehard fans want, which is certainly parity, a chance to win. The playoffs give you that. The playoffs give you a chance to win a title every year. And 50% of the teams make it into the playoffs, first of all. But secondly... In order to grow the audience, you can't focus just on what your diehards want, which is being competitive every year. And you have to you have to increase the quality of play. And I will say this, Sam, in conversations with people around the league, and I agree with this notion as well, it doesn't have to be one or the other. You can maintain parity yeah. and get better on the field through yeah. how and, you spend. And to be fair, I think they are getting better, and I think some steps and moves that they made this offseason is going to make continue to make it better. Um, but, I, you know, it's it's just that question. How fast is it going to go? 
And I think everyone wants it to go a little bit faster than it has gone, even though even understanding that it's made pretty significant progress pretty quickly here in recent years. Um, so I don't know, Paul, I have a question for you. I was talking with somebody and, and they brought this up today to me and I thought it was pretty interesting. They were like, MLS doesn't have clear enough objectives. You know, when we talk in the rare occasions on the show, when we actually talk about something that happens on the field, <laughs> you know, a lot of times we'll talk about like, okay, like what's a team's identity, right? And what we mean by that is like, how clear are their ideas, right? Do they know what they want to do when they get out there? And basically, does MLS really know what it wants to do? It wants to sell players. It wants to have exciting young talent. It wants to beat Mexico. It wants to be one of the top leagues in the world. But you have like all of these different semi-disparate objectives. And I feel like that kind of makes, it makes it hard to focus for the league on what they need to achieve, right? And I don't know what the answer to that is. I think if you wanted to take it one step at a time, if you want to reverse engineer this thing and like just really spell it out, okay, well, the next step is you need to beat Mexico. You need to get better than Mexico, right? And then you can take another step up on the ladder, right? And there are a million different things involved with that, of course, right? But I think right now, if you laser focus on that, at least as your short-term goal, then maybe maybe you'll start to make quicker progress. Right? And, but they, I think they have done that. I think they have I don't think they tried have. to I don't laser think in have. on competing with Mexico. They've created a whole new competition that's about competing with Mexico. Oh, man. They, if, they, know, if they really comp- wanted to compete with Mexico, the, the Ross rules wouldn't be the way they are. But, but I, I don't know. Don Garber had an interesting answer to my question in his preseason press conference, which was, you know, I asked about the roster rules changing and he had a long answer that was basically like, maybe we just need to explain the rules better to people, which I do think they do need to do. And we, we have a whole podcast dedicated to the fact that people don't understand. No, what's actually, going on they, the rules. they don't need to. Exp- Paul, that would put us out of business. Yeah, dude. that's true. But, you know, I also think that at the end of it, he said, hey, maybe he said, stay tuned. Maybe you'll see some changes in the future. Yeah, I, I think they're considering it. And well, I think they're considering Mark Abbott. It- Who's the guy that set up a lot of this stuff at the league? He's kind of the number two at MLS. He's leaving at the end no, of the year. But Sam, Sam, the I'm league is not bringing in new voices to to bring in change. The, I mean, there are I, some of the same voices who have been around before have been brought back not, in, right? But, probably not. But I mean, but I'm not going to Ali Curtis rule it worked out. for the league office before, and he's back involved in the league office. Yeah, but Nelson Rodriguez diff- worked he, in the league office before; he's back in the league office. Yeah, but they also they went out and worked for clubs. They went out in the world. They collected different ideas, different experiences. Now they know they they probably have a different perspective than they did 10, 12 years ago. But I think there also need to be people brought in from outside as well that just just people who are willing to to change things that being said you know if they're going to make changes i think those changes are built around competing with mexico and and in a conversation i had with somebody today who works on the team side and building rosters they said look in reality we've made progress they have, but I think it's kind of indisputable. We the are CCL still, matchups are yeah, much closer than they used. But to be. we are still five to six players away from competing with Mexico, and that's the reality. Now, now, one-offs, yes. Knockout tournaments like Leagues Cup, yes. You can win a one-off, a knockout, a knockout game at home, maybe in front of your home crowd if you're in the right state and playing the right team. But maybe not if you're in the wrong state playing the wrong team. If you're, 
you know, in Chicago playing anyone or L.A. or Dallas or Houston. I think we should clarify here. Some of the smaller, weaker Mexican teams, like, can be beaten by many MLS teams. But but in the regular, like, if you were to put, the, the way it was put to me, and I think this is the best way MLS should measure itself eventually, is they said, look, we have a few teams who can win League's Cup. But if you put an MLS team in Liga Mekis, there's no shot that they win that league. And the, the goal should be at a point where you can say there are multiple MLS teams, if you merged this league, that would be contending to win the title. That's got to be the goal. They're not there yet. And, and, and they can't get there as the roster rules are structured today. And it's not about spending more. It's about changing where that spending is happening, spreading it out, giving more freedom to spend across the roster. Yeah. Anyway, we've beaten these topics into the ground many, many times, so we can move past them. But if I could just say one more thing about 2022, I think big picture, MLS is in a pretty good spot, even though no one's really watching the league and no one has ever for the most part. Uh, But I think the foundation is good, and I think they can really start to stack things now if they start to get a little bit more aggressive and, and just change how they operate. Um, and, and so I think the league's in a pretty solid position. We, of course, would like to see some tweaks. but We, we should note also that the league's contention is that they have grown slowly but steadily in audience on TV. I mean, I can pull up the numbers. That's, have, that's, what, they, that's <laughs> what they like to say. Now, the numbers are still so low. Like, like they grow, their growth is like how, how many new expansion teams per year take the supporter sections of those expansion teams. And that's the growth. Like we're talking very marginal numbers here. Right. But I, I just want to note that cause I just feel like that's the constant thing that gets shoved back in our face. Right, Anyways, well. let's preview the season, Sam. Let's talk about fun things and, and, and give people fuel to make fun of us for the All whole right, Well, let's take a break first. Okay. Slow, okay. slow down, Paul. <laughs> I don't like breaks. I'm on a roll. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome back to Allocation Disorder. I'm Sam Stayskull, joined, as always, by Paul Tenorio. Paul mentioned at the end of the last segment that the, we were going to make our picks. He lied, as usual, I might add. Can't trust this is me. Why, this is why I host this show. Sam's just changing up what happens when in the show to make me look like a liar. <laughs> See, there you go, lying again. <laughs> we're going to do a little bit of an off-season review before we get into our terrible, terrible, awful, guaranteed-to-be-wrong picks for the 2022 season. Paul, this off-season, I, I, I was into it. I liked it. Big trades, big signings, big transfers out, some coaching movement within the league. But I want to start with the individual transaction. The transaction, it's greater than the action. We all know this. 
What was your favorite one of the offseason? What was the best move of the MLS offseason? Well, first of all, I want to say as much as I enjoyed it, I was like the whole time being like, this was a bad offseason to be on paternity leave. <laughs> That's what I felt for most of the time. Um, I really debated this, the best move of the offseason. I was like, man, there's a few that I really loved. To your point, like there was a lot of interesting stuff happening. There were a lot of moves that I really liked. Uh, in the end, I landed on one that I think will... It's a little bit of a bigger risk to say because anytime you you go with like an international signing, you just know less about it. And I've I've been burned on it many times. I was a big Barco guy, and that didn't work out. But I I, I really like Alan Velasco at FC Dallas. I've just heard too many good things about Velasco. I I think Dallas is a place who knows how to that knows how to um, give young players chances to grow, to foster their growth, to help them succeed they've done that with their own players and i think they will be capable of doing the same with an international player i mean they have done it with international yeah they've done it with i mean that's way in the past but sure fabian castillo is a good example of Ma- that mauro and, diaz yeah. yeah mauro diaz so i i i landed on velasco at fc dallas i think i think he helps them have i think they've had a, a pretty good off season and i think he helps them have yeah. a, a more impressive season than people expect yeah i think that's a uh... I like that one. You know, I haven't seen him. I'm not going to lie. But from everyone that I've spoken to about him, people are saying that it was a bargain price. Like, and, and it was $7 million, by far the richest deal in, in FC Dallas history. I went and looked and he's like, I mean, not that the, I, I don't treat this as gospel, but, you know, very rarely are there players coming into MLS that are coming in for less than what their transfer market value is. Yeah. And I think Velasco's transfer market value is like it's 13. Like nine, I thought it was 19. I think, I think it's it like was 19. million or something like that. So, right. I mean, anyway. great, great. Yeah. It seems like they got a good deal. Yeah. So anyway, I, I like that. I like that pick. Um, you know, I think Shakiri deserves mention. Uh, we've talked about him on the show. I had a good time talking about him on the last show. Um, I do think he's going to just like, kind of ball out in 2022 i am concerned i think i can say concerned about what he might look like after the world cup um in chicago (laughs) but you know cross that bridge when you get there we got a full year before that um so i think he'll be he'll be really good this year i mean insigne it's like legitimately crazy to spend the kind of money that they're spending on that guy um but at the same time that's how mls works like you can't spend it elsewhere on the roster, so go ahead, right? I think he's. We'll. I'll talk more about him later, but I think he's gonna kill it this year too. I know, way out on a limb there, um, but Paul, I'm gonna go way off the board for this, way off the board, and I'm gonna say Maxime Cripeau to LAFC. <laughs> it's definitely way off the board, but it's like a safer pick, to be honest. It is sort of um, because I think he's going to be worth like 10 points by himself. Their goalkeeping was so bad last year. So bad. And it hasn't been good. I guess Tyler Miller maybe had one decent season there. They've been looking for a long time for a goalkeeper. But, but it hasn't been good basically every year they've been in the league. And Cripo is a very solid goalkeeper. He was very good for Vancouver last couple of years, but especially last year. And and I think he instantly makes them better. And and I like legitimately, I think it could be like a ten point transaction for them. Um, and I'm not sure that I don't know how many points all these other guys are getting for their teams. And I will say, Ache Ache, not signed yet. Hector Herrera for Houston. Ache Ache Ache, Triple H. Wow. There's a lot you can do with that. Dynamo, yeah, call I, me. 
Exactly. Let's let's talk branding opportunities. WWE Jeff's happening. <laughs> um, but that would be pretty awesome for Houston. You know, I, I he's older, but he plays for Atletico Madrid. He's you know a, a Mexican star in that city. Like, I mean, I, I know of another team that was looking at him, and you also have to factor in what he brings into the locker room. A real presence. A, he demands a very high level of people around him. He's considered an on-field and off-field leader. The Mexican national team, very important to what they do. And you've seen him hold people accountable on the field if you've watched the Mexican national team play. That kind of stuff is important to have somebody who yeah. who's bought in like that. Your best player, when he can set the culture in a good way, that's huge. Right, and I think that's he, he's someone that could do that and could give them real buzz around town that they that they badly need. Um, so I think if that one comes through, then then that would be my pick. Uh, Houston did trade for an international slot today, maybe uh, some foreshadowing there. Um, so we'll see. That maybe that gets announced soon. Um, what team do you think had the best offseason? On this one, it was a little easier for me because, like, I, I had my list of like three moves I really liked in the offseason as my top three were like Velasco, Bob Bradley to Toronto. I think he's going to help them a lot. And the other one was Shakiri to Chicago. And I saved it for this one. I think Chicago had the best offseason as a whole. I think they, they've improved their roster more than any other team. Now, saying that, I think they still have work to do on this roster. Their 11 is far better than it was last year, but everything behind that is still not good enough. Um, I, I would love to see them go out and sign a veteran winger, somebody who's produced in MLS, who who, who you know what you're going to get from. Like the name that comes to my mind is like a Danny Royer. You know, like somebody who's not going to come sure. on a big money, but has scored goals and assisted in Major League Perhaps Soccer. an Ethan Finlay type Ethan who Finley was a free type agent. Perfect. Yeah. Ethan was a free agent, didn't sign with Chicago. But like, yeah, that that's exactly the profile I'm talking about. I thought I think that would really help this this team. And, you know, I know they have a U twenty two slot available. They're looking at a young Venezuelan winger, but they're very young. All of their depth is pretty much homegrowns. There are a couple positions where they could also make an addition at fullback. I think that would help them as well. But they've got Johnny Bornstein. They've got Mauricio Pineda in midfield. Fabian Herbers is there. Signed you a know, new center back. They, but but when but yeah, put put those guys aside and look at what they brought in onto the first team. Right, Chicos the center back, Shakiri as the number ten, Jairo Torres, which is a move I love, and people I've talked to in Mexico are devastated that he's leaving to come to MLS. They really, really rate him highly and believed that his future was in Europe and are concerned about what it will mean for his future. Well, I made a joke I mean... about it on Twitter <laughs> that if he stayed in Mexico, he was just going to get sold to like Club America, play there for five years, go to like, you know, Leon and then go on loan to Atlanta United. But like, <laughs> um, wow, the Jurgen Dom, a little bit of a shot at Jurgen Dom <laughs> in Atlanta United, I suppose. But I guess Tigres instead of America in that case. Right. Whatever. You know, I couldn't make it exactly the path. But, you know, I, I think Jairo Torres is going to be a really a quality player. Um, Shabilko, you have not even Shabilko up top, yeah. which I thought was a, a great move because it's a non-DP forward and you give yourself a goal scorer and leave open some options. Uh, and John Duran comes in this, this season, who even though he was signed last year, he had to stay until he turned 18 in Columbia. So... I really like their offseason. They're much better. They still have work to do. Like I said, a veteran winger, this U22 slot, and I think fullback could end up being an area where they need to add depth as well. But still, 
much better than last year, I think. What do you got, I, Sam? I, too, like Chicago. I also like Toronto. I, I feel like not enough people are talking about the Carlos Salcedo signing for Toronto. Um, I think that if he's engaged and healthy, he's maybe the best center back in the league. Um, you know, he's a guy, it was a long time ago now, but he's a guy that we saw at the World Cup in 2018, like, be man of the match, basically, when Mexico beat Germany. Like, he's got some chops. Like, he can really play. And I think he's going to make them a lot better. But I I want to give some love to Miami. Again, kind of getting weird with these choices. No, I like this one. But Miami, they obviously are in a difficult position with all of the fines and the DP situation and everything that went on last year with the Blaze Matuidi saga. Uh, and they needed a serious makeover. And Chris Henderson, credit to him, has been able to pull one off. I'm not sure how good they're going to be, but they needed to clear the decks in a major, major, major way. And they did, and they got good value for some of these guys. Not all of them. Pizarro, I, I believe, went for a free loan <laughs> to Monterey, which means that they can't clear his DP spot, which is not awesome. Matuidi is bought out. Um, I believe he's cleared waivers at this point. Um I don't know if that's been announced yet, but hey, there we are. I think um, Phil Neville said that he cleared waivers. Okay, there you go. It has been announced. Thank you, Phil. Um, so those those two are off the books. They've got some new signings in, a couple more Brazilian guys. Um, they moved Nico Figal, apparently for more than $2 million. Leandro Gonzalez-Pirez is on loan as well. So now they're in a place where they can reset, right? And they can actually start to build back up. And again, I'm not sure how good they're going to be, but they really, 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 really needed to just blow that whole thing up. And they did so, and they did so in a way that I thought brought back some decent value. Um, you know, got a ton of money for Lewis Morgan. Um, so we'll see. I'm not predicting them to make the playoffs or anything like that, but I think it's a good first step for a club that was in a really difficult position. I think Chris Henderson decided let's just do it all at once. You know, yeah. instead of instead of doing it over which I think is smart seasons, which is smart. why you see Lewis Morgan go that's a guy they probably didn't want to let go but you know when you try to get rid of as much of the money that you're losing in the sanctions as you can in one blow then then you have to trade some guys that you don't want to trade they got good value from Macoon you know Carranza so these are guys that Carranza just on loan by the way right so they, he they, could, they, he that's could a, come that's back a speculative a speculative trade but also one that could give you a player getting experience in MLS and, and, and coming back and helping you or, or is still sellable. Like the ideas here were, there were a couple band-aids on it, right? But a couple band-aids that you expect to pay off. Karanz is one of those. I think LGP is one of those, you know, the expectation he's already playing well down in Argentina with river plate. So I think that is, I thought it was a really nice job by Chris Henderson. And, and I do, I do expect them to not be great this year. I think that's, understood probably in miami the yeah. question and then it kind of you would hope anyway uh, i think that <laughs> you never you know, know. <laughs> i mean probably not by the fan base totally but certainly i think by the architects of the offseason but i think you know i, I what about I, by ownership it provides oh no they don't i'm sure they have no idea um what to expect uh, or what's going on but i i think that it sets up to to make another wave of moves next year yeah um and and maybe have a chance to be competitive next year. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe we'll see if Phil Neville's still there next year, right? That could be another domino in this whole equation as well. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the transfers, and I know we talk about this a lot. I know, but 
I just want to mention a few quick stats that I was able to pull today, or at least one quick stat. I believe it was right around $100 million that was spent on transfer fees by MLS teams this year, or this offseason. And that's on a f- little bit less than 40 paid transfers coming into the league. Um, that, of course, does not include any internal transfers because um, because Paul's holding up a sign. Paul, you can just jump in and interrupt me. I do it to you all the time. Just saying you skipped worst offseason. I did? I didn't even have that in my notes. You had so it in I the didn't notes skip you sent it. me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Failure. All right. I had the worst offseason, I think. Um, all right, Paul, worst offseason. Oh, Charlotte. Charlotte's definitely. The <laughs> oh, baby. I love that. Just Expansion totally botching team. their entry into Major League Soccer. It's actually okay. sad. Let's, let's actually spend some time here. It's sad. It, it makes me angry because everything that happened here is predictable and foreseeable, and it happened anyways. And that's frustrating because here you have this market that's so excited. They're going to put 75,000 people in the opening of the stadium. It's going to be awesome. And it's yeah. going to be great. And it should be like this thing that gets celebrated. It should be Atlanta United. It should be 75,000 people who come watch a really fun, Nashville. exciting, attacking team and never leave. They all come back, right? That's what happened in Atlanta. And instead, they're going to come and watch a really bad team get beat up. And I mean, I, they, might I, not, they might not get beat up in front of 70,000, but... I mean, like, they're not going to come back and watch a bad team is my point. And, like, that's what's going to happen. Like, I think this team is going to be very bad. And I think bad, it's going to be a lot of bad, 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 bad early in this Is season. it going to be bad? It's going to be bad. <laughs> bad. You think it's going to be bad? Just I think to be clear. I just want everyone to know bad? what I think about this. Okay. And this is going to be the clip that people can bring back if they're actually not bad, but they're going to be bad. I was talking to a rival general manager last week, I think, and the subject of Charlotte came up, and he sprinkled in some more colorful language than what I will say right here, but basically, he was like, when are these effing teams going to effing learn all of these guys? They come in from outside of the league. They all think they know what they're doing to a T. They all think they know better, and they don't get it. And they all make the same exact mistakes every time. And it's like, well, it's not quite everyone, to be fair. But we've seen it in Cincinnati, right? We've seen it in San Jose. We saw it in Chicago. Maybe they're now correcting it after learning, perhaps. Um, What else have we seen it? I'm missing some. I think. Colorado early on there was when Anthony Hudson came in I thought that was a a place where they had those mistakes right off the bat yeah and and what are some of those mistakes basically underestimating the domestic player underestimating the league underestimating the knowledge that you need to have of how of all the mechanisms work and kind of how you can manufacture space on your cap lacking an understanding of the the value of general allocation money and doing stuff like say spending seven hundred fifty thousand on international spots because you're signing no domestic players and so many international players that you have to go get slots i mean it's wasting seven hundred fifty thousand of gam on one year of international slots like what's the payoff there what what's the benefit there is none it's it's a no. waste of cap space. I mean, it's if a you waste of sign, resources. If you can sign three excellent international players and right. get them green cards, well, yeah. <laughs> if you can if you can sign any good international players, that would that would be a nice start. Let alone you know you're signing like twelve or thirteen. Once you start getting to the point you need to trade, you have to start evaluating: Are these players 
that much better than than the counterparts in the domestic league that that don't I mean, cost an I extra two hundred fifty k. I'm willing to give them you know a game or two to prove me wrong, but it looks really bad. And just look at the signs. Mark Nichols, the technical director, the guy who was hired to be the number two in that front office, left I think like a month ago now to take the same job in Columbus, which is actually probably a worse job in Columbus because they have a much bigger front office with like a more defined hierarchy of who's a number two and who's a number three. And and Nichols is probably a little lower on that hierarchy than he probably was in Charlotte. And he left. He bailed. He's like, nah, this ain't for me. Before your first game in front of 75,000 people. What does that say? You have the coach. I mean, this we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. But saying what he said, basically calling out the players and saying that saying we're effed, we're effed. That was his quote. Except he's, you know, he said the whole thing. Um, I mean, when you talk I don't to people know. who have seen him play, you know, the, the consensus is they have a couple good players on the team, but that the team itself is not good. Yeah, and maybe they'll grow into it. Maybe they'll grow into the tactics of Miguel and Hal Ramirez. But yeah, I think. I think I would agree. The question also is, you know, there there are other things behind the scenes that I think impact it. And I, I think when a coach is already creating problems with quotes before the season starts, how are things going to look if they start 0-4 or 1-3-1? The wheels can fall off quickly. You know, it, yeah. it, it's, it, and then when you, if you fire the coach or you fire, the, you know, then it gets worse and worse and worse. So I, then, you're since, then you're Cincinnati. Right, exactly. Yeah, I actually, is, researching this, wrong. went and looked at how long it took for, for Cincinnati, Allen Koch to be fired. Was it like 11 games? It was 11 games. He was 2-7-2. I nailed it. Two. And yes. And we'll, <laughs> we'll, get, we'll come back to that later. <laughs> we will. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Quick note before our picks on, on kind of the, the transfer market in and out. I, I gave that $100 million stat. Um, there, were a lot, there was a lot of money coming in too. I'm not sure that that's going to sustain year to year. I think if anything, maybe there was a little bit of an overpay situation going on with some of these guys that left the league. And I think we might see a correction to that over the next window or two. Eventually you'll find some sort of equilibrium on that front, I believe. Um, But again, I think it was really, really big. I think this window was really the one where it's like, okay, MLS is a real player in this market now, you know, in a way that it wasn't before. It used to be this kind of isolated backwater and, and now it's, you know, they've, they've jumped into the pool. They're in there, and other people have noticed, and I think that's a cool thing. Um, you got anything you want to say about that, Paul? No, I mean, I think it's it's been a lot of fun to see it happen. I mean, it, it I think it changes the scope of our job significantly, which is which is f- more fun. I think it makes it more fun to to cover a transfer window where you're the league you cover matters, and the players that are leaving are leaving for prices that make people pay attention. I think it's crazy to see somebody like. Kevin Paredes go for seven and a half million dollars. I'm scrolling through his game by game page right now with DC United. I have I counted Ford, five, forty games. I counted five ninety minute performances in his career for DC United. So that shows you that we've reached the point where there were some teams that are that essentially what they're doing is speculating, right? Kevin Paredes I mean, plays a position yeah. that has translated really well for MLS prospects to Europe. He's very highly regarded. He's well thought of. On if you talk to pretty much scouts across the league, Paredes was somebody who a lot of people really, really rated, and they went and and spent a seven and a half million dollars. 
plus there were bo- there are bonuses there that can take it higher. So that to me shows that this market has changed dramatically. But I agree with you. I think we could see a, a slight dip, a correction in, as far as aggressiveness in this market, and then kind of go up to a a, a new normal, a new standard yeah. of of kind of regular exports from this league. Yeah, agreed. And and I think that'll probably continue, especially as more teams get more involved again in the transfer market because it's still not going crazy, crazy globally because of COVID. Um, anyway, Paul, we still have to make our picks. It's the big part of the show. We saved it for last. We're going to take one more break and then we'll, we'll run it down all the way. Any pick you want, we're going to make it and you can bet against it and win money. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Today's episode is brought to you by our old friends, Mac Weldon. Wouldn't it be nice if we could have things both ways, like a zero-calorie cheeseburger, internet ads in March that weren't just reminders to do your taxes, a dog that never needs walking after midnight when it's cold, a Manchester United that is consistently good instead of their current scattershot approach? Well, we tend to think of clothing as an either-or situation as well. People think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But it's possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I got a few things recently, including a long-sleeve polo, which I love, uh, maybe the most comfortable t-shirt, which I also love, and my new favorite sweatpants, the Ace sweatpant. It's exactly what I described above, comfort and versatile, but still stylish. It's the type of sweatpant I can wear to pick up my kids from daycare and not think, I'm now wearing sweatpants in public. The other parents will judge me. Now I just think, judge away, nerds, because you will never be this comfortable unless you're also wearing a pair, in which case, high five. Mack Weldon is not flashy. It's just classic, always in style, and made from the world's most comfortable performance materials. They're designed to fit both your style and the demands of modern life. So get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code TSS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code TSS to get 20% off your first order. Thank you to Mack Weldon for sponsoring today's episode. Welcome back to Allocation Disorder. Paul, let's make some wrong, incorrect picks. How do you want to start here? I don't know. I feel good about it, just like I do every year. (laughs) Your confidence is admirable. If misplaced, I, I think we should start with Supporter Shield because it'll get spoiled. It'll, you know, we'll only have two candidates left if we give our conference standings before the Supporter Shield. So we'll start That's, with Supporter that, Shield. That is true. Then and, the conference and just standings, and then MLS Cup. A quick note: we have not shared any of our picks. We don't know what the other is going to say. So the surprise you hear, it'll be real, authentic. That's what we strive for. You want to go first? All East. Right. 
my supporter shield winner. That's what oh, we're right. saying, right? We're doing that first. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sam, you're just changing everything constantly in this show. Stop lying. <laughs> okay, my supporter shield winner is the Seattle Sounders. Ah, chalk. Boring. I went, yeah. with Atla- I went with Atlanta United. Well, now you're just getting silly. They're back. <laughs> they're back. Seriously, though. Like, I think they're back. I don't know what it is. Uh, I mean, they obviously have a lot of good players. I think Joseph Martinez will be healthier this year. I think he's going to bang in goals. I think Gonzalo Pineda will get them humming. Miles Robinson, Alan Franco in the back. I think Ozzy Alonso is maybe an extremely underrated pickup if he can stay on his two feet and, and play some games and stay healthy. Um, obviously, Luis Araujo, Tiago Almada. I'm excited to see what those guys can do once they get cooking. Um, but they have a lot of talent, man. And and they have talent all over the field. Uh, and I don't know. I, I think this is the year that they kind of find their groove again for Atlanta United. You want to talk about the Sounders? Why why you decided to go with them? Well, they were, they were one of the better teams in MLS last year. They didn't have Jordan Morris. They didn't have Ladero. They didn't have Stefan Fry. They get all, all three of them back. And then they add Rusnak yeah. to the mix. So I look at that and I say, yeah. They're going to be better. And I think also when I look at the East versus the West, I I think it's kind of a reverse of last year. I think the East beats itself up a little bit more than the West does this time around. And so I think that gives Seattle a few extra bonus points of, of in-conference games, and they they edge out my uh, my Eastern Conference winner. You know, I Seattle was obviously one of my contenders as well. No shock there. Um one thing that just really came to mind with me is that they're a little bit of an older team and they're in Champions League and they're playing currently in their second leg against Motagua. So, you know, we'll see. But I expect them to win that and I expect them to actually kind of make a run in CCL this time around. And usually when that happens, um, the team isn't great in the regular season and and doesn't kind of go to the shield. So I wanted to pick a team that was not in CCL. That was one of my uh, requirements. Anyway, let's let's build it out, man. Let's go all the way. One through 14, East conf- each conference. You want to start East or West? Let's go East. And am I just running through my 1 through 14, or am I going 1 and then you 1, 2, 2? Why don't we do 1 through 7 and then 8 through 14 each? Okay. How about that? All right. Well, go I, ahead. like you, wanted to pick a team that I didn't ex- like that people wouldn't expect to be in the top area, in the top area. I picked... I mean, not at the very top. I picked chalk at the very top. I have NYCFC, New England, mm-hmm. Columbus. <laughs> what are you talking about? You wanted to pick two. Columbus. You picked the two, you, you picked the two most picked teams. I have the first two. I have Columbus third. You don't get to do that. No. Well, I won't allow it. Columbus third. Okay. Orlando fourth. Okay. Philly fifth. Okay. Atlanta sixth. All right. Toronto seven. We actually have pretty similar sevens with a couple of large exceptions. Uh, I obviously have Atlanta first, NYCFC second, New England third, Orlando fourth, Philly fifth, Montreal sixth, Toronto seventh. I do not have Columbus in my top seven. Um, it was tough leaving them out, though. The East the East definitely got better, I think, this yeah, year. I agree. It, which is weird because they lost Nashville, right. which was one of the better teams in the East last year. But, but um, they had they had um, teams that were traditionally not bad were bad last year. Yeah, and we expect them to bounce back. Talk talk to me about Columbus. 
Why do you I, think they'll be I so I just high? think that they way underperformed what their talent level was last year. I think they had some injuries. They had some injuries. I think Caleb Porter, if you look at his history as a coach, they're not really bad. He's not really bad two years in a row. He has these no. dips, but then you know, they... He, he's, he's also never good two years in a row. Right, but, but then they, they always... That means that there's always a bounce back effect. So I'm, it is I'm true. putting the Caleb Porter bounce back effect... I mean, like, what was his first year in Portland? He was coach of the year. They won the West. Then they missed the playoffs the next year. And then they went, yeah. they won MLS Cup the year after that, right? And then they missed the playoffs. And then they missed the playoffs. And, and then, then they made it back. Then they made it back. And then, and he, then left. he left, right? It's literally every other year he misses the playoffs. So I, I'm just the Caleb Porter bounce back effect. That's that's why right. they're, they're where they are. I mean, you're, I'm probably stupid to break that bounce back effect, but I did. Um, I talked about Atlanta already. I think NYCFC is a great team. Again, similar to Seattle. CCL, I think they'll make a big run. I think they're going to sell Tati Castellanos. Um, if they don't, then I think they'll probably win the Shield. <laughs> but they, I don't anticipate that happening. I think he'll go in the summer. Um, New England, I think, steps back a little from last year. You know, I think they overperformed some of the underlying metrics. Matt Turner is going to be leaving. But they got better. Which... They got better. I mean, I I like their all. I like who they've signed. I shouldn't I mean, say they, they got better. They, they lost. They Tejan, lost Tejan Buchanan. But they brought too. in Sebastian Legette. They added yeah. Josie Altador, so if they sell Buxa, they've got a striker there. I like Josie can, can Altador to have a bounce jo- back season. Can we say we cannot say definitively that Josie makes them better? He could make them I much like better, Josie but, but we, to he make could also better. miss the entire year. I have this whole idea in my head that Josie Altador is going to solve the problem for the USMNT number nine position. It is. I mean, I don't hate this idea. It is like a. It is like a fully like optimistic it's it's like fan fiction yeah almost exa- it's exactly what it is sam it's fan fiction it's exactly <laughs> all right well maybe you can publish that like on a, <laughs> yeah on a, on i would a, like, like to a write a story spot. about that can, maybe maybe you Josie could like, publish solve? it to publish it to myspace yeah yeah no the myspace doesn't exist anymore what's the thing that everyone sure uses does. Tumblr? no tumblr's dead no how we work for an internet company this is embarrassing yeah, i don't know what it's called but anyway i like josie altador in New England. I really like Orlando City. I think you'll hear that from my picks later. Ooh. I, I really like Orlando City. I think they're going to okay. start slowly because they've they've added a lot of new pieces. They lost some pieces. But I yeah. think they're going to round into form when it matters to round into form. Pato, newcomer of the year, part two. I think Pato could have a really <laughs> strong year. They have could also a play DP 12 striker yeah. be, you know, who might not start if Pato's healthy. And and just like last preseason, if you talk to people who have watched Orlando City play, Pato looks incredible. Will he get on the field? Eh, I don't know. Their jerseys look incredible too, for whatever that's worth. I like those one jerseys. Of, one of my favorite MLS jerseys of all time. Yeah, I like I think those I jerseys. I'll say. All right, let's get to the sad part. Eight through fourteen in the Eastern Conference. I got Chicago barely missing out. Wow. Red Bull, I dropped to nine because they broke my heart last year. Even though they snuck in late, I. You Why know, do you have them so high? <laughs> because I don't think they're as bad as Struber thinks they are. I think Struber's resetting <laughs> expectations. That's I think that's what perhaps, I'm perhaps. I really was mad at myself though that out of this kind of back and forth, I dropped Montreal down to ten. Yeah, I, I don't love that. You know, I don't. Yeah, I don't love I d- it. I don't love it either. But I picked them in the playoffs. I know you did. I, I got then I've got DC United, Miami, looking good Cincy, so far in CCL, Montreal. Yeah, beating Santos Laguna, a, a bad Santos Laguna, but still advancing past them. Georgie Mihalovic looks like Georgie he's in line great. for a big year. Uh, Georgie I mean, looks. Some, Georgie looks like a you know he he got he's in the a different player a little bit. He looks 
Different player. Yeah, he looks good. Yeah, he looks very good. I wouldn't be, I mean, I don't know, maybe with Weston McKenney out, maybe he's a guy that gets a look with the national team in the upcoming qualifiers even, mm. perhaps. I'd be surprised I don't know. if it happened in the qualifiers, but maybe, yeah, maybe. He, he, was, he was at camp. He was at January camp. Maybe he gets a call-up is what I'm saying. Um, all right, my 8 through 14, I have Columbus 8th. I, I don't feel great about that, Paul, but somebody had to miss out. I have Chicago 9th, D.C. 10th. Did you finish yours? Yeah. I, well, I went quickly. It's Miami, Cincy, Charlotte. And then I have Miami 11th, Red Bull 12th, Cincy, Charlotte, bringing up the rear. So I will say uh, we, we bag on FC Cincinnati a lot on this show. I think they're, they're, they're trying to right the ship. And I think it's good that they're taking it. I think they're, it's good that they're seemingly taking it slow. They need some time there. I, I think and they can't fix that all in one. I way think what Albright's doing is he he added a couple of veteran guys. You know, Ray Gaddis came out of retirement. I think it's literally just let's get competitive until these other contracts run out that we have to wait for them to run out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I don't think they're going to finish last though, which is progress. Thank you, Charlotte. <laughs> all right, <laughs> moving on. Western Conference. Um, well, I guess we know who you, your first. Why don't you is. do your seven first? Since I did, yeah. I went first last time. Good idea, Paul. I also have Seattle finishing first. Although I was really tempted, was really tempted to pick Nashville, who I have second first. I almost picked them to win the Shield, Nashville, but that felt like a couple bridges too far. Anyway, I don't know what they're gonna do this year, Paul. They're not gonna be able to claim this underrated crap anymore. And no one believes in us. You always can claim underrated and no one believes in us. Yeah, I guess you can. But they're not going to be able to do it credibly. And that's what matters. <laughs> so I have them second. I have I have LAFC third. Um, I have Kansas City fourth. Uh, you know, Pulido being out for the entire year is a big blow for them. I think I would have had them a couple of spots higher if he was healthy. I have the Rapids fifth. Step back from last year, but I, I still I still like them. I wish they would sign a striker, but they have not done that yet. I have Minnesota, sixth. The Galaxy, seventh. I'm looking at my seven, and I'm wanting to change it as I'm looking at it because I just am not super excited about it do anymore. Need, do you need to hit pause? No, no. I'm just going to um, I'm just gonna stick with what I've got because that's all I can do. I mean, once you say them, they're locked in. Oh. All right, well, you have Seattle first. I've got Seattle first. I've got Kansas City second, and I've got Nashville third. Okay. This is where I start to hate my picks. I've got Portland fourth, and then if I'm going to make a change, this is where I'm going to make the change, so I'm just going to do it. I'm going to move. I'm going to move my – I've got LAFC fifth, FC Dallas sixth. Whoa. Colorado seventh. Okay. LA Galaxy eighth. Wait, you're you're going too oh, fast. I missed. Well, there you go. Sorry, I got to back up. <laughs> scrub that, Joe. I scrub it. <laughs> I, 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 I flip flopped. Uh, the change I made was I, I. I'm a little concerned about LAFC. There's been a lot of change there. I think they're going to be better, and and I ended up moving it back up because I think what I'm interested to see is what does Carlos Vela look like? Does he leave after six months? What's the plan if he does leave? How quickly do these newer pieces come together? It's helpful that they're MLS guys, but there's a lot of change that happened. I like that they leaned heavily in MLS to, to make this roster yeah. better. Um, but I, I just am a very like an, and I Trundolo, new coach. I'm very TBD mm-hmm. on them. This my pick could be terrible on that front. 
Yeah. Can I tell you, like, I believe in them, though. I don't know what it is. I've heard very good things from around the league about Chirondolo. A lot of people think he's going to be good, despite his poor record with Las Vegas in USL. Doesn't really count. Chicho Arango, bit of a PK merchant last year, but he still scored a lot of goals in a very short amount of time. And he, he will be a much better number nine for them throughout the entire season than what they were trotting out in the first half of last year. Vela didn't play a ton again last year. So if he gets on the field, then, then you can start to cook a little bit. I think their midfield is still going to be solid. You know, Kellen Acosta, uh, Latif blessing, Ilya Sanchez, Cifuentes, who's maybe the best of that bunch. Um, and you know, bringing in Ryan's Holling, Ryan Holling's head, Bringing him Maxime Crepeau, I think, will do a lot to kind of help shore up that defense. Yeah, I mean, I I feel better about moving them up into the playoffs. Um, I mean, they, I they just, should have they should have been in last yeah, year. Yeah, they should. They, and they, that's the they thing. Had their XG. If you look at their XG last year, they were one yeah. of the best performers in the league. Sporting Kansas City, I always put there. That's one I feel a little shakier about because they don't have a number nine. But they've they, gone they signed many the years. Montenegrin international. Well, They've gone many the even, yeah, maybe he surprises us all but they've all they've they've survived without a nine on so many occasions that it's not even worth bringing up with you know he he they they sometimes they're better when they don't have a nine um they, they find ways to score shallow scores Johnny Russell scores I agree about Nashville I think they're gonna be good again I think very organized Gary Smith makes the team very difficult to break down and um do you Hani think, Mukhtar do you think, is the real deal do you think Ake Loba hits this year he was not good last year. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I think if Honey if Honey Mukhtar is what he was last year, they'll be fine. I think Akai Lobo does a lot better this year. I think he hits. Portland's the other one that I'm like ooh, a little iffy on because of everything going on off the field. How does that ha- how does that impact the team? I, I, don't, I don't know think if it does that's... at all. But yeah, but if that home field advantage drops off, if there's if there's strife back and forth, it, yeah. it can take its toll. Well, and Andy Polo, good player. Like, you know, that like that's something that is secondary in this, right? But but he, he was a solid player player for them when he was on the field before he got hurt last year. Eric Williamson's gonna be out for a decent amount of time. Felipe Mora just had surgery. Sebastian Blanco is back, but is he gonna be able to stay healthy? This is the, an old team. Both of their center backs had off season surgery and Zuparic and Mabiala. New Steve Clark is gone. I'm not sure who's going to be the starter. Maybe, maybe David Bingham. Maybe, maybe I'm gonna butcher his name. The Slovenian guy that they brought in a few years ago. Um, so I don't know. I just have a lot of questions there, and it feels like there's potential for a lot of injuries. And I, I just, it just doesn't really feel like their year to me. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like the West again is a. I think it's going to be a down year for the West the way it was for the East last year. When and, it's been for the East for a lot of years. It just makes <laughs> me, it just, I just, there are more question marks like the galaxy. I, you know, I question mark FC Dallas. I really like, I put that, I put Dallas in my playoff picture. Look yeah. at what they did this off season. I like the Paul Ariola move, the price I don't love, but him as a player in MLS, you get value Dude, there. Jesus Ferreira is a number nine. I just don't. He scored. Don't he, he produced last year, man. I know. He but did. I just don't. He wasn't playing as a number Velasco nine. Alan Velasco can he, score but, goals. But he wasn't playing as a number nine last year. Alan Velasco can score goals. You know, they went they went and added Nanu as a defender from on loan from Porto. I mean, I, I just think that they've got this base of homegrown players, and then they added some nice pieces around them. 
I have some questions about their midfield and back line. Their front three, yeah, men do it. But are they going to be able to hold up defensively in the middle and in the back? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that'll come down to the young kids, as it always does. But yeah, I d- Cerrito, I'm just done kind of doubting Savania. them. Okay. I mean, I I'm, not, wh- I'm done doubting the young players because they tend to find guys to step in and produce, year. right? <laughs> well, yeah, but they were bad last year. They weren't that bad, though. I mean, they I were they bad finished. after they fired Lucci halfway through the year. They got I mean, bad. They, were, they got worse. They were, they were bad before. That's why they fired him. <laughs> you can't. You can't cha- make <laughs> the number of I'm changes. Done, I am done doubting the you team to finish twelfth in the no, West. You can't. This year. It's not doubting the team. It's doubting. Like if you give them a chance, you give them time to develop kids. They Watch do out. it. And Paul's last year, that was the first time that they stopped giving time to develop kids. And I think that the minutes that those kids played last year when they were bad will help them this year. That's kind of the I mean, idea. They started an 18-year-old at striker all season. Like, I don't know that they stopped giving On the back line, kids. I'm talking about in midfield. I mean, I mean, Well, no patience in the fact that they fired their coach. Well, yeah, that's, that's inarguable. What do you think about the Galaxy this year? I mean, Douglas Costa, you in? No, I'm not in on Douglas Costa. I'm not in on Douglas Costa. I think that I, it just surprises me. It's a, I would have been on, in on him if he was a TAM signing. As a DP coming from where he was coming from in Brazil, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. So, I mean, he's only, he's only 31. He's not that old. You know, I, I understand he was not good with Grêmio. Um, I I do wonder how engaged he was down there. I wonder how engaged he'll be in MLS. Um, but you know, this is a guy that isn't that removed from the Brazilian, that far removed from the Brazilian national team, and from the absolute highest levels of the game. You know, he was playing like a meaningful role for Bayern Munich before he got injured in the 2021 season. You know, like. It's it's not that long ago. So I don't know. I think I'm not as down on him as a lot of other people are, I would say. And Chicharito, as we saw last year, when he's on the field, if he's getting service, he's going to score goals. Um, new midfield there, though, for sure. And still some questions in the back, no doubt, um, that, that they'll need to sort out. But I could see them being a team, much like Chicago, honestly, that could be in a lot of high-scoring games. Could be a pretty fun watch. In Colorado, I, I pushed into the playoff field late because Robin Frazier has done such a good job there. That's probably the one where, you know, obviously I have LA Galaxy out now. Maybe that's the one where I'm leaning on Robin Frazier's success there and believe I mean, that he just finds a way to I think win. And they've averaged like 1.75 Yeah, I saw, I saw what was out there, you know, yeah. what Doyle put out there. And that, that kind of altered my thinking. And I, I pushed him, I pushed them from just out to just in, and that pushed out one of the LA teams I, and Minnesota. I mean, I, I, again, I just think that there's a lot of okay to good teams in the West where once you go, I think Seattle, in my mind, Seattle, Sporting Kansas City, and Nashville are the best three teams in the conference. And then Portland, Galaxy, Dallas, Colorado, LAFC, Minnesota are kind of reorder those however you want, but that's four through eight or four yeah. through nine. I would quibble with a few of those. I think we would both agree that Seattle looks looks a cut above the rest of the conference yes. right now. Yes, but I'm saying the Seattle, can't, Sporting, and Nashville, I think, are the top three. And then 
four through nine, I think, are are very close together. They're very close together. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I don't have Dallas in that nine, but whatever. Um, I think we can give the rest of our picks here. Uh, my eight through 14 in the West. I have Portland eight. Um, I have Salt Lake nine, um, which we always pick Salt Lake low, and they always end up in the stupid playoffs. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe we'll get that one wrong. I have Vancouver 10. I have Dallas 11. Austin improving, but still not quite good enough to 12. Um, I feel like that one is a team that could surprise in a good way, potentially, um, but still a decent amount of unknowns. San Jose, a team whose offseason I actually kind of liked with some of the acquisitions that they made in the trade market. I have them 13th. It, it, the Matias Almeida lame duck playing out the string on the marriage thing, uh, it's not great. Um, and then I have the Dynamo in 14th. I just don't think they have enough players right now, but you know, if they get Herrera, that could change. Yeah, I've got Galaxy, Minnesota, Austin. I think Austin's going to be much better, but not not playoff much better, but, you know, a, a, a nice improvement. Vancouver, Houston, because I do think they're going to sign Herrera, and I think that gives them a boost. RSL, who, you know, I think is the wow. team. Wow, like, picking them like second to last? Yeah, and then San Jose. Wow. RSL, not a believer. All right, well. Should we move to individual awards now that we're now that we've gone through the conference things? We can make these a little bit quicker. Um, let's just go. Let's go big, and then let's go home. MVP, who are you taking? Your boy Shakiri. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's why I have Chicago right on the cusp of the playoffs. I think out of every team that I looked at, I think Shakiri is going to be asked to do the most, and produce the most and I actually got a little bit scared about this prediction when I went and looked at his career stats he's not a prolific goal scorer or a sister but he but this is the first time he's really going to be asked but he's never played an MLS before right exactly and he's going to be the number 10 and I think you know he's got a goal scorer in front of him he's got a a really good player in higher tours next to him I think he's going to I think he's going to produce I think he's going to be around 10 goals and I think he will have double digit assists okay I don't hate it. Um, I know you don't hate it. You love you some Shakiri. I know. Chicago. (laughs) I can't even remember what he said, but man, what a great video. Atlanta is back though. And so is Joseph Martinez. I think, uh, I think he's going to win the golden boot. I think he's going to be MVP. I think they're going to win the supporter shield. (laughs) There's zero chance. Any of those three things happen, Uh, but I, I, I don't know. There's just, there's a lot of talent around him, Paul. He's healthier, presumably, than he was last year. He scored 12 goals in just 1,600 minutes last season. His, that's like .65 goals per, goals per 90. Better than Tati Castellanos' goals per 90. Tati Castellanos won the Golden Boot last year. right? So if he can stay on the field, I think he's going to bag a ton of goals. And I think Atlanta's going to do well. I don't so. disagree with you. I've got Joseph Martinez as my Golden Boot winner as well. All right. There you go um defender of the year i struggled with this one in fact i still don't know who i'm gonna pick so why don't you go first i decided to pick like a total curveball based completely on like a throwaway comment that you made to me in a oh i know who you're going with then you do can you predict it say who i'm going with tiago martins that's exactly right that's exactly (laughs) what i'm picking i'm picking tiago martins from nycfc Do you want to tell him what your throwaway comment was? I talked to a GM who was, was, I was like, do you know anything about this Tiago Martins guy? 
NYCFC just signed him to a DP contract from a CFG sister club, Yokohama in Japan. And the GM was like, you know, I was talking to somebody that had worked with him before or had seen him and, and like knows MLS. And the guy was like, this is the best defender in MLS history. He was like going nuts about him. So I have no idea who that person, that the person I was talking to was talking to, but I'm glad he put so much faith in their word. I did. And you know what else? After you told me that, what happened on our Slack channel? Like, um, I think I think somebody was posting videos of him dribbling like from yeah, 18 Mueller to 18. Yeah, Mueller was posting right. stuff and being like, they signed Beckenbauer, you know? And I was like, <laughs> I'm all in. All right. I don't even know. So he hasn't started in their CCL matches. It doesn't matter. Um, they have two really good center backs it in Alex Kynes ma- and Maxime Sam, Schnell. this is our predictions episode where we get things wrong and people make fun of us. This is it. I didn't I look, I didn't want to pick Walker Zimmerman to go back to back to back. I know. And yeah. so then I was Guess like, should doing. I just like look at the MLS best eleven from last year and pick like Alex Callens or something? No. No, I will not. <laughs> okay. Good for you. I'm proud of you. I'm picking Walker Zimmerman. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. Back to back to back. I mean, that's unprecedented. Maybe. Don't try know. to make it, think it is. some, you know, wonderful pick. You 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 went with no work I mean, here. No I, th- work. I think Nashville's going to be good. I think they're going to not give up many goals. And I think he's going to be good. Yeah. So I mean, Walker Zimmerman is, has quickly risen to become one of the more valuable players in the league and for the national team. Yeah. Um, coach of the year, Paul. Oscar Pereja, baby. Where did you have Orlando finishing? Fourth? Yeah. And he's coach of the year? Yeah. Interesting. I know. Never works like no, that. No, it doesn't work like that. But I, but when I looked at who's in the top, it's like okay, like I don't think Schmetzer is going to get it, even though they win the supporter shield. Dela, it's usually like the previous year helps you out, so maybe Dela gets it if they finish top of the East and they won MLS Cup. What but, happens? What happens if somebody wins CCL? You think that factors into Coach of the Year voting? I think it would. Yeah, but I just think I think what's going to happen with. Orlando is, I think that they are going to start slowly, which is why they don't finish closer to the top of the standings because they have a lot of change. And I think they're going to be the best team in MLS by the end of the year. And I think people are going to see that. Wow. Okay. I'm going with Gonzalo Pineda because I picked Atlanta to that, win the shield. And that's all, usually you, you, now goes. you're just shoving in on Atlanta. I love it. Oh, yeah. I'm all in. I'm all in on the now five I have stripes. To, I just have to root against Atlanta now. It's just like, you I know, just have to. I mean, it probably won't even be a change for you. You're a big Orlando <laughs> guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, arch rivals um all right young player of the year it's the u22 award i'm i'm a little torn between two guys still here but i think i know who i'm going with who are you going with i'm going with uh alan velasco okay got it um i was between facundo torres in orlando who probably should have gone with him considering what i'm saying you have bad synergy in your picks really bad synergy um but i'm gonna go with talis magno from new york city fc he did not really put it together at all last year, but he's got a lot of talent. He scored a couple of goes, goals in CCL against your Costa Rican boys the other night. Um, Jesus Medina is gone, which means that he should get a lot more playing time. Tati Castellanos might leave, which means that he might be more of a focal point later in the season. I think he's going to break out in a big way, um, and so I'm, I'm going with him, Talis Magno. 
I I explained my thoughts about Velasco earlier. I think he's just a, a really good player who a lot of people are surprised is in this league, and I think he's going to be asked to do a lot for FC Dallas, and I think he's going to I think he's going to step up to the plate, and that's why I also picked him as newcomer of the year. Because if I'm going to pick him as young player of the year, I've got to pick him for newcomer because he's also a newcomer. Yeah, he is a newcomer. I picked Lorenzo Insigne. I think he's going to score like 15 goals in 15 games. Yeah, that's not a, that's not a bad <laughs> shout. I didn't even think about him because he's not playing yet. But for newcomer of the year, you're probably it's like it's probably. I mean, good. Arango won it last year as a midseason signing. Yeah, Ladero won it once upon a time as a midseason signing. It's not. Dude, was of. Jovinko a midseason signing? Did he? No. No, he's full season. Yeah, he was a winter edition. Um, we have a couple of, of different categories here now. We we just call this one breakout player. So, you know, a player that hasn't really played much that maybe you don't know about too much that you think is going to come out in a big way in 2022. Uh, did someone do this in 2021? Ricardo Pepe, perhaps? Yeah, I think Pepe probably the best choice. I've got a good one, I think, for this one. I'm I'm happy with my selection. Go ahead. I'm taking Julian Carranza. Ooh, all right. I like Carranza. He's he's the number nine for Philly. Shabilko's gone. They produce a lot of goal scoring opportunities in the box. I think he's going to get a lot of run out. I think he's going to score a lot of goals. And well, not it doesn't even have to be that many. I think if he scores eight to ten goals, he's going to be the breakout player. Okay. My breakout player is Jaquiel Marshall-Ruddy, who some of you may have never heard of before. He is a Canadian. He's like kind of the wonder kid up there. He plays for Toronto FC. Um, it was reported the other day that apparently TFC are putting a $20 million valuation on him. I was actually able to confirm that. They are putting that on him. I, I don't Valuation's a little strong, but they, they don't want to move him for anything but a boatload of cash. Um, he's attracted interest from European clubs already. He trained with some some big, big clubs over this winter. He's already been called to Canadian national team camp. He played a handful of matches for TFC last year. You know, they're a team, they have some, you know, they have some depth issues right now, just in terms of not all of their signings are there. Um, Bob Bradley has never been, you know, he showed at LAFC. He's, he's more than willing to play young guys. Um, and I think he's going to give Marshall Ruddy a lot of run, and I think he will thrive under Bradley, and I think he'll be a guy that's going to be, who knows, maybe he'll be playing for Canada at the World Cup in November. <laughs> what a weird sentence, huh? Life is weird, my friends. <laughs> All right. I still don't have one for the next one. I don't even know what well, we should. Well, we got. Why don't we do MLS Cup first and then do this one? Oh, we haven't done MLS Cup yet. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. MLS Cup. I've alluded to it this whole show. I've got Orlando FC City. Dallas. I've got Orlando City winning MLS Cup. Wow. What a homer, man. <laughs> yeah. No shame. Definitely. Just picking the hometown squad. Shout out to the hometown squad. The Purple Boys. Yeah, the Purple Lions. to the promised land. You know, Coach of the Year is voted on before the playoffs. I do, I do know that. Okay, all right. I but like I said, I think they're sure. going to be. I think they're going to be peaking. I think they're going to be playing really good, attractive soccer. I think they're going to be winning a lot of games going into the back end. I think it's going to be enough to put them over the top. You're right. I know it's going to be, you know, Ronnie Dela, but eh, we got to <laughs> we got to spice things up here. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I'm not spicing things up. It has now. It has now been more than two years since the Seattle Sounders won an MLS Cup. <laughs> they are due. 
Um, so I'm picking them. I mean, on, on a serious note, they, like they just have a ver- they have a very veteran team. They have a lot of know-how. They have a lot of savvy. They can play. Um, what am I trying to say here? They know what the game dictates, and they're able to execute. Like no matter what the type of game is, and that is something that serves the team really, really, really well in the playoffs. And I think that's a big part of the reason why the Sanders have had so much success in the playoffs over the years. And also they have a bunch of really good players. Like, you know, starting a front six of Roldan next to Jao Paulo, playing behind Lodero, Ruznak, Morris, and then Rui Diaz up top. I mean, that's the best front six in the league. I don't think there's any question about it on paper. Right? And I mean, you haven't even gotten to the fact that they've got Nuhu. (laughs) <laughs> Nuhu, AFCON legend, shutting down Mo Salah? Nuhu's a real player now. Been you, on this train for You were years. there first, bro. Uh, it wasn't me. I want to give a shout-out to Ari Liljanwal, who works for MLS Soccer up in Seattle. He was there, I think, a little bit before I was, but we're both we're both early adopters of Nuhu, for sure. Um, yeah, great left back. Yamar, Javier Ariaga, solid center backs. Alex Roldan, solid right back. Stefan Fry, solid goalkeeper. If they stay healthy, like they're the best team in MLS, in my opinion. Maybe NYCFC. Um, I got them as the best team in MLS. I have them winning the Supporter Shield. And I don't because I think they're going to make that good run in CCL. And I think they're going to suffer a little bit in the regular season because of it. Um, But I do have them winning MLS Cup. So we'll see. By the time this episode publishes, by the way, the Sounders could very well be out. Of the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> oh, By the time this man. episode publishes, considering how long it's going right now, the MLS season will be over. Wow. I mean, that's the MLS season never ends, Paul. That's you true. Know that. It's just one long season. Yeah, it is. It never, ever stops. Um, all right. Well, we have one last prediction to go. We do. It's the best prediction it that is. we have. It is. You, I think you came up with it. So do you want to do the honors? No, I don't. Of- I don't. All right, it's the nuts on the table prediction. We're just, you know, cashews, almonds. Just put them on the table, man. All right. What do you got? My prediction is that Miguel Angel Ramirez is fired or gone in a shorter amount of, amount of time than Alan Koch. 11 oh, games. this is why you yeah, were doing this is why research. I did the research. <laughs> and that, I, that, that Zoran also doesn't make it through the season. But wow! I, I mean, you have to go with something. Eleven wild. games. Eleven, Eleven games. games. I mean, it's got to be. So I picked Red Bull to win the East last year in this thing. You I can't. Think, I think you said finish second in the the league. Oh wow, that was a bad pick. It was. It was. <laughs> a, it's not about how realistic is it. It's like you put your nuts on the table and you say, "I'm going to be crazy, man. I'm, I'm putting everything on, you know." I don't know. Something crazy. That's what I'm trying on to say. On the table. You're what putting do you it got? on the table. I'm putting it on the table. <laughs> and Sam, you don't even know. You're going to come with some like, oh, I bet you Walker Zimmerman wins back to back to back defender of the year. <laughs> I bet Walker Zimmerman, this will be the third of six consecutive <laughs> defender of the year. Wins. It's your nuts on the table prediction that no one can go back and watch, can, can hold you accountable for. What? 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 The internet doesn't exist three years from now? Yeah. Well, I guess it could end I mean, at any time not. at the end of any of these next few seasons. But um, all right, give me one second. Can you can you stall for me? Can you just fill some? This time? is unbelievable. By the way, I want you guys to know that Sam sent me a rundown of all these different picks and everything, 
to make sure I was prepared. And Sam has no idea what he's doing on half of these picks. He didn't have a defender of the year pick. He doesn't. The most, That's not true. The most important prediction of this entire show is this ridiculous prediction that we say at the end. I mean, there is nothing that I got more tweets about from allocation disorder listeners over the course of the season than the Red Bull pick. And also somehow Red Bull fans found out about it and they loved me until they were the Red Bull. They, they hated me and then they loved me again. So this this has to be something that fires people up. Charlotte fans are going to hate me. Charlotte executives are going to hate me even more. And yeah. the rest of MLS will be laughing along with me. And wow. and that's what it's about. So, Sam, bring it. Bring the thunder. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not sure that mine is quite as fun as yours. But, and it's not, it's only sort of an MLS prediction. But it, it, it's enough of an MLS prediction. Paul, this is the year. Not only is this the year that an MLS team will finally win the CONCACAF Champions League. But this will be an all MLS final in the CCL. <laughs> all right. How about that? Is I that like good it. enough? I, I, that, yes, I'm in on that. All right. I'm not sure who's going to make it out of Seattle and New York City. I think on the other side. You know what? How about this? Montreal is going to make it on the other side. Second appearance in the CCL for Le Impact. That's right. Well, they, the they ghost gotta- of Frank Klopas twirling his sweater above his head after getting a red card. What a moment. Amazing. Amazing. So many jiffable moments from that game. So many jiffable moments. From that one seat. I mean, he did a real hard pelvic thrust at that assistant Which referee. came back last year when he was the interim manager. The pelvic thrust was back. Did did he do it? Yeah, he did it again. Wow. I need to see that. It was less of a pelvic thrust saying F you referee and more of a like, yeah, that's the goal that we want. I think I've got a split screen of it. I'll send it to you. Okay. Well, anyway, thank you for sticking with us through this episode of Allocation Disorder. We're not quite 90 minutes fit yet, but we're getting there. Um, I think I'll tweet out this episode of Allocation Disorder with the double gif of Frank Klopas hip thrusting. Yeah, that's what this episode's brought to you by. Frank Klopas hip thrusts. (laughs) Good night.